that's gonna be in there. It's gonna be the first thing on there. <laughs> oh man. Yep, that's the first thing that's in there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. If you're wondering what kind of day it's been. Episode 248, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. Welcome to the show. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Oh, no, we missed it because I didn't have your audio set properly. Ah, it's set now, but you were muted. Dang it. Me? Yeah, you're good Ah! now. Ah, dang it. That was gold. It was gold. Ah. In podcast form, over on anchor.fm, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We do read all Super Chats on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We will be drinking alcohol on the show, and if you'd like to join us, drinking alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Whew. Yes. Welcome to the show, one and all. John, how's it going? Well, earlier you could tell it was one of those days and they would have heard it, but yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yep, it's it's been one of those weeks. Yes. So I I was supposed to get a vacation, didn't get a vacation. Then I got a vacation, and then no one in the office knew, so they kept sending me tickets. Um, <laughs> you know, one of those of like, we, you're the only one that can do this. Uh, and then to, you know, Tuesday was just one of the busiest days ever, of and mm. a lot of other people's mistakes. And today is n- none the difference. Actually, today we were supposed to get out early, but they didn't announce, or they let everyone out early, but didn't announce it. And it was just like I'm sitting in the office for a lecture 15 minutes and be like, uh, that would have helped, especially today. Yeah. For me to be on time. Yeah. Uh yeah, it it's been it's been a week. Um yeah. So, for those wondering, John is not just playing a fancy game of charades. Uh, we're not sure what's going on with the Zoom call because both of us have excellent connections right now. Uh, there's just something with Zoom. I, I don't, don't know. know. Uh, it's just a little choppy. It's not choppy on John's end. It's not choppy on my end. I can move my mouse around that screen, so it's not an encoding issue, at, at least from like capturing it to sending it to you. It's just yeah. something. Uh, I don't know. Um, so I guess I could always try to, uh, to fix it here in just a second. I could try going to like a lower quality stream. I may do that, but we'll do it in just a minute. Uh, first and foremost, let's go ahead and get, uh, the show started off right after a week of trials and errors. I would very much like to drink the beer that I have selected. (laughs) Well, what do you have? Uh, you go first. Okay. All right. Well, that usually means that's something big. So I, uh, I am going to be give, uh, opening up a, um, a treehouse actually sent in. Nice. 
So uh, there it goes. It is the greenest green. Their double IPA. Ooh, eight point five percent. Eight point eight percent. So uh, the can was a little damaged. So that's why I was like, I better do this quick. Okay, nothing too bad. Yeah. Oh, just uh, a juice bomb. Ronnie says, Zoom, build your own Jitsi server. Uh, yeah, but then I couldn't blame anyone else for my problems. It, it, uh, it'd be all on me. So, mm. I've had a green before, yes. but not the greenest green. I've, I've had greenest green and I've had green. And there's, I guess, one other in the series as well. Um, but uh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Treehouse. Amazing. Yep. Uh, so for my first beer of the evening, uh, I am drinking... From Nogme'e, a Norwegian brew sent over by none other than Claw over mm -hmm. on the Discord server. Uh, I am having the number 500 IPA. Uh, now, this one I've been very much looking forward to as it is a 10% double IPA from Norway. Uh, and hitting double digits over there is quite the feat. Uh, so can I just say I am... Super excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, whiffs of, like, pineapple and blood orange right off the bat. Ooh. Oh, man. That is something different. Something different than I normally get around here, so. And it's a good-looking beer, too. All right, I did see a couple people have chimed in. Uh, uh, CB says, drink a beer for me. Uh, I mean, I'm going to drink mine, but I'd, I'd share if you were here. How's that? Uh, Super Chat's rolling in. We got American Cosworth chiming in with $2. Thank you very much, Cos. Uh, it's Jeff and Fabio. Yes. Oh, yeah, let's get it. As soon as we started, I walked in. My AC just blew. Like, oh, no. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on, so I didn't have enough time to check. I mean, I'm sure it's probably just, uh, you know, the fuse or breaker. Fuse or break. I just got to reset it, but it's it's at the other end of the room, and it was like two minutes to start the show. So, <laughs> so now I just have the fan blowing on me at least. Yep. Kren chimes in with a couple of Aussie bucks. Thank you, Kren. Good day, mates. Uh, hello. Right. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael says Grappa 40%. Somehow I doubt that, but also maybe true. <laughs> That'd be cool if you were chiming in with 40% Grappa. Uh, beverage in my hands, Santa Fe Brewing Company, Happy Camper IPA. That's from Sean. Uh, we've got Brew Free or Die Tropical. Ooh, I love that name. That's from uh, 21st Amendment. 21st Amendment, yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see. Leviathan got a Pliny the Elder. Sorry, nice. Plinty the Elder. Did he mean Pliny or or, or Pinty? Pinty the Elder I'm or Pliny the Elder? I'm sure he meant Pliny the I'm Elder. I'm sure he I'm, meant Pliny. They'd probably get sued if they <laughs> named it that beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple others here, too. American Cogsworth has a Melvin uh, IBUs are dead. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, another super chat. Uh, this one coming from Mr. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. 
Uh, lost my integrated controller PC in one of my thermal chambers. It's 10 years old. OS is XP. F in the chats. I'll send an F for that. There you go. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, it has definitely been a week. I was planning on doing a lot of writing this weekend, actually pumping out some reviews, getting some some videos written, getting some server content written. Um, I ended up writing one video, which uh, was actually the one that went live yesterday. Uh, it was the the review of the the Quum ZK2, the the keyboard with the, the touch keyboard. screen in it. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool hardware. Terrible software. If you haven't seen the video, that kind of sums it up. Uh, it's why you can't invest all of your money into, into hardware. You need to put some into infrastructure and software when you release a product. Uh, but go watch the video. It's a good one. Uh, anyway, about midway through the day, I'm like, um, I'd set up my uh, Starlink dish. Uh, for a secondary oh, internet yeah. connection uh, and just kind of temporarily set it up where I wanted it on the stand that it comes with and and went, I'll just run the cable, sling it off the side of the roof and we'll we'll run it permanently later. Well, it got to be about 10 o'clock. I decided I'm going to go ahead and just permanently run the cable real quick. And the cable was the easy part. Drilled through the wall, got the cable ran. Uh, everything's peachy. I uh, got a different mount installed. So it's permanently bolted to the roof now, cocked cocked all the seams and everything and uh, got perfect signal. Uh, went to set it up real quick on my router, which is a Unify UDM Pro and went to reboot the router and the router refused to come back up, uh, which is kind of a problem because I was looking at having two ISPs and now I had zero ISPs. <laughs> uh, so I got to spend all day Saturday uh, rebuilding my router and my Unify network from scratch because my last backup was almost two years ago. Before I had segmented and VLAN'd off my network, before I had managed all my switches, before I had gone through a lot of the things that I do rely on around here as far as infrastructure and, and logical network switching goes, uh, all gone. <laughs> Gotta do it all again from scratch. Uh, so the Microtics were were configured, uh, but they were configured for VLANs that no longer existed. And so I had to redo all of my routing tables and VLAN configs and, and gateways. And uh, and of course, I'd forgotten half of how I had done it. So I had to like forensically dive into the Microtix switches to, to pull out what configs that I could. Finally got it all working, but that took literally the rest of the day Friday and then about half the day on Sunday I also spent on that, getting a couple things fixed. Um, and uh, I'd been having some intermittent issues with the UDM Pro where my internet's been just like dropping and kicking back up and then dropping and kicking back up. And I thought all along this was a problem with my primary ISP. Um, well, today it kicked down and didn't fail over, and it said Starlink was down at the same time, which I highly doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at this point, I'm wondering if the hardware, if, if some of the switching is going wrong with my UDM. I'm not sure, but it's fully on the new firmware. It's all on new software. I made sure everything was updated when I went through everything, and now I'm having the exact same problem, um, but it's still not failing over. Uh, so a couple of days of like spinning my wheels, getting things redone that I had already done. And now I'm back in the same place going like, now, did you, 
did you test test the Starlink by itself though ahead of time just yes. to see what kind of signal you're getting? Oh yeah, okay. no, we got perfect signal. Oh, okay. Everything's looking great. Uh, I'm I'm actually getting slightly better speeds than you were uh, than than we had talked about. Um, okay. I'm getting upwards of about 100 megs down and about 25 to 30 up. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you know, pretty reasonable for for what it is, and and latency yeah. is right where I would I would expect for a satellite connection. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> It's fine. And in fact, I could unplug that and plug it into my laptop and I had internet, but it's not being routed for some reason. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, it's kind of weird. Um, Gearlings in the chat chiming in. Oopsie motivates me to do a to do better about actually doing the monthly checkup checklist that I have in my calendar when it comes up. Yeah, I had similar checklists and, I, and I'd always gone, you know what? It's, it's working fine. I configured the backups. Of course they're running. Um, I think what happened was I was backing up to a folder on one of my NAS servers, although I got the Storinator uh, recently, and I've been slowly migrating my storage over to that Storinator, and I'm probably going to have a video when it's all done about some new configs that that I'm running, Uh, but I'm working on making sure it's being transitioned the right way and all my data comes over properly and everything else, uh, while also maintaining backups to uh, my backup server. Um, I think some folder somewhere along the way got lost because uh, I had a bunch of documentation for my network uh, that was all gone. And in that folder was also the backups for my UDM configuration and that was all gone. So, and I couldn't find it. I I dug and dug, couldn't find it. Yeah. So uh, I've had better weeks. So right, but... On, on my desk right now, I figured I might as well just build myself a PFSense box. I've been putting it off for years. Um, I like PFSense. It runs just fine. It's just one more thing that I had to manage where I already have a Ubiquity network, so might as well just keep everything in the infrastructure and, you know, two or three clicks and you're done instead of having to manage a firewall. So I was trying to take the easy way out, but I think I'm going to at least build the PFSense box just for when <laughs> I need to switch it over. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Got another super chat from John. Five dollars. Uh, hopefully, last day of the heat wave here in Texas. Finally, getting rain tomorrow. I've been to Texas. Rain does not mean end of the heat wave, but hopefully for you, it does. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah, we've been going on our own little heat wave here for a while now mm-hmm. too. I could I could use some rain and whatnot. Some cool days. Actually, a uh, Monday or no. So was it Sunday? Sunday wasn't horrible. Like the weekend wasn't horrible, but it's getting back up now into the uh, was it triple digits was supposed to be today, uh, yeah, or yesterday. It was hot today. I I don't know, <sighs> I don't know exactly how warm, but I walked out to my garage for like fifteen minutes to to do something, and I came back in and you you could have said I was doing jumping jacks in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just, and all I was doing was standing there looking for a couple of parts. And, and I came back in and I'm just dripping. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, I know I'm, I am, I've been putting off cleaning up my attic just because of this heat wave. I'm like, I'll do it in winter. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it during this. Uh-uh. I'll be up there for five minutes and I'll lose five pounds just in water weight. Yeah. No, it, I, I was really happy that, I had to do the Starlink this weekend because it was like 81 degrees. This week. It was yeah. perfect. I was on my roof at four in the afternoon and and it was perfect. 
<laughs> like sitting on the asphalt shingles. They were a little warm, but it, it wasn't unbearable at all. Did you unhook the cable from... All right, it's night-night time for the kids. Bye. I'll say hi. Bye. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> All right. I do have a dump button. So in case she decided to disclose my social security number like she tried to last time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, the wire, did you connect? Is there a way to disconnect it from the back of the satellite? Is that how you did it? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. I didn't, I didn't look at that part because the other end is a giant L and I was like, how am I supposed to get this through the wall? Yeah. Uh, no, if you take from the satellite, it's a skinnier connection. Okay. Um, so okay. for those who don't know, it's basically a USB-C extended cable. It's what, yeah. 65 feet, something like that. Oh my God. Um, uh, it's basically a very long, shielded, weatherproof USB-C cable that hooks up between your Starlink router and the square dish itself. Um, and uh, one end has this weird 90-degree uh, L-fitting that mounts into the bottom of the router, direct connect. Um, and then the other end goes to the satellite. And... Uh, yeah, the one that goes to the satellite, uh, I got it through with a 5 8 inch drill bit. And so okay. nice and right. small enough. Small enough small to work. Enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's what I'll, I'll use that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll take these super chats real quick, and then we will jump into the news. Jonathan sends over $5. Thank you very much, John. Uh, have you tried the Guvis HMD? I have not. Uh, for those who wondering, the Guvis HMD is a head-mounted display. Uh, kind of... It's in the same ilk of the uh, uh, bah, bah, bah. the Enreal Air that I reviewed, uh, but more like the, uh, uh, gosh, the Zeiss, the Zeiss Cinemizer, uh, where it is a blackout personal cinema where you see nothing but the screen in front of you. It blacks out the rest of your vision. Um, pretty cool headset. It's uh, 1080p. Uh, I don't believe it's OLED. I believe it's IPS. Uh, but other than that, it's it's a very nice headset and also does 3D content, which is something that a couple of the headsets that I have, I wish you could enable specifically with the Unreal. I wish you could do side-by-side -side 3D content because I think yeah. that would just be freaking awesome. Um, but uh, I've reached out to Goofus a couple of times. I've been trying to get a review unit as well as from Rocket is the other one that I've been trying to get a hold of because those are the kind of in that competing price point, that that $400 to $500 price point. Um, I definitely want to take a look at some of those other options, especially as more and more handhelds get affordable and get popular with gamers. Um, I think that's going to be, for traveling, that's always been my ideal setup is a head-mounted display and a tiny portable computer with a video output. And we're there. We're, we're there. Yeah. But now I want to see options. So... <laughs> Uh, Heavy Palms chimes in $2. I heard hops and brews like pickle beer. Ha ha, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, John tolerates pickle beer for your enjoyment. Yes, that's it. That's the only reason I'm like... And I refuse to do even that. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
That is true. No, those were those are that one I had. It was nasty. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. And then Tech Geek sends over $50. Thank you very much, Tech Geek. Uh, late to the party, but evening, Jeff and John. Hell of a project, but I'm upgrading my NAS from Unraid to True NAS. Fun part mm. is going to be figuring out what to do with all the data, as I'm not sure I have enough drive to store it temporarily. <laughs> that is always the trick when you're like, I'm going to buy an upgraded server. You have to have enough storage to be able to move your storage so you can take your old storage offline and then migrate that. Uh, and that is always the trick. So whenever you're upgrading, you end up almost tripling your storage so you can do it properly. So yeah, uh, good, good luck. luck. Good luck. <laughs> that, that's always a fun one. Uh, this is a story that we've never directly talked about, but it has been... Uh, kind of a an anecdote that we've brought up a number of times uh, when we've talked about right to repair, where we focus a lot on the tech industry, specifically Apple and Samsung and, and the companies that are trying to restrict your access to repair your own device, whether that be through availability of parts or repair manuals or building products in a way that they cannot be disassembled and repaired. Uh, that all has to do with right to repair. Well, we've always brought up similar to what John Deere does to the tractor industry. And, but we've never directly talked about what John Deere does to the tractor industry. But this is a fantastic opportunity to do so. Uh, <laughs> so this last weekend was DEF CON and one of these days I'm gonna make it out there. I almost flew down there for like a 48 hour spree. Uh, I seriously considered it. Um, anyway, at DEF CON, uh, a research group uh, demoed Doom running on a John Deere tractor controller. Uh, so that might not seem like that big of a deal, but let me tell you, this is absolutely huge. Um, my encoding is overloaded. What in the world? I don't even know what's going on with the computer right now. Uh, <laughs> OBS is yelling at me though. Um, Anyway, uh, so Doom running on a John Deere tractor controller means that the John Deere tractor controller has both been rooted and is running unsigned code. Yeah. And that is a very positive first step for a device that has not been rooted previously and will only respond to John Deere technicians to tell you uh, <laughs> issues with your tractor, where it's finding faults. John Deere, what they have done is they have basically locked down the repair industry to where you have to be a John Deere certified technician. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, a John Deere certified technician in order to get diagnostic information off of these tractors. Well, the problem with the farming industry and agriculture as a whole is I know personally many people who have farms, their entire yearly livelihood rests on 10 days a year. And yeah. uh, there's a lot that goes into those 10 days, but the 10 days is harvest time. And yeah, yeah. farming is all about timing and their, their windows are very minimal. Yeah. So yeah, if you have anything go wrong with anything, you could be losing thousands upon hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars yeah. of crop. 
And now John's just completely frozen. Oh, well. And, uh, oh, well. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. So, uh, What is going on? I don't know. I don't know if it's you or me or both or what. I don't care. We're, we're pushing on. Where's your Starlink? Yeah. Um, you know, I could switch over. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the reason it comes down to that is, let's say... Uh, hop harvesting is very big in our area. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're some of the largest hop producers in the world here in, in the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Uh, harvest time takes two weeks. Uh, and you have two weeks to get the hops off of the plant, onto trucks, and into production. Uh, and that's it. You, you have that amount of time and nothing more. Um, what happens if one of your harvesting machines goes down and oh. refuses to move? What happens if the arms that jiggle the hops off the vines aren't jiggling or aren't moving properly? What happens if the conveyor belt that, that feeds them into the hopper isn't conveying? Uh, you're, some of the farms around here are basically at risk of losing hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, yeah. if that piece of equipment goes down. And by the way, these pieces of equipment are also hundreds of thousands of dollars themselves. And if they need to be fixed, they need to be fixed now. There, there's no option to wait later because it's not like manufacturing where you can come back to something a couple of weeks later or just kind of like delay your 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 process. It happens now or it doesn't happen. So I'm back. All right. Hey. All right. Cool. Uh, when are we gonna build? When are we gonna build you a dedicated like actual PC for your your studio? I don't know when I actually like stop buying liquor and I have room to custom make a bar and a station. Like I have a station that I was meant to be right next to me to be like kind of a, a I wanted to have like a swing arm system. Mm-hmm. I can just sit here like, Oh, okay. And then fold it back. I've, I've thought about yeah. doing, I mean, my, my monitor is on an arm. It's on a, a giant gas shock arm. And uh, it's so nice just to be able to move it around as I need it. You know, push it further out of my desk if I don't want to be facing yeah. the corner like I am right now. Uh, or push it over here so it's nice and cozy when I'm doing talking heads. Um, but it, it it's a nice option to have. But, uh, yeah, we should get you something. <laughs> yeah, just something. I don't know what it... <laughs> I mean, I have like a little like i5 here I could probably use just for the streaming. Yeah. It would be fine. Yeah. Uh, just got to set it up one day and uh, so many things. Uh, anyway, the reason that Doom running on a John Deere tractor is so important is now that they have root access, they have the ability to start pulling this diagnostic data down, to start to start reading what the John Deere is trying to tell them without contacting a John Deere dealer or, or, you know, authorized service uh, department, because also when it's harvest time, you can't wait four days for a technician to drive 250 miles to where you're at. You can't transport your tractor 150 miles to where the nearest service location is at. You don't have that time. You don't have that luxury. And yeah. so... And a lot of times, too, it's not even that. It's it's that one rural area or one area only has one technician. Right. And is the other issue. Here in the Willamette Valley, I think there's only two John Deere uh, 
repair facilities um, yeah. for literally one of the largest hop producing areas on the planet. And you think they're all harvesting at different times? Oh no, it's the same two weeks. It's the last week of September and the first week of October. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you'd be surprised how many like smaller farms, that's why they go and buy old equipment. Mm -hmm. It's because like, oh, I'll just, I can repair this myself. I can go, uh, you know, to a junkyard and literally probably buy the parts themselves. Yeah, I don't have AC in my cab, but I can fix this, you right. know? But this is just belt driven that and vacuum chamber this and and, mm -hmm. and chain driven that. So it gives them the option to repair it themselves. And this is something that uh, the community is finally starting to take notice of and uh, finally starting to do something about. Um, yeah. So I mean, we might, yeah, we might be seeing coming soon, next couple of years, some off the market, like tools to just be like, diagnose your own John Deere tractor. Think about you know? think about the uh, McDonald's McFlurry machine that we saw a a pirate market spring up for reading the diagnostic information on that and a third party parts distributor. Uh, yeah. We very way Mel very nice. well. <laughs> we may uh, see something very similar uh, targeting John Deere in the next couple of years because they have been so anti consumer and so anti repair and so anti customer. Oh yeah, uh, they they step over a dollar to pinch a dime on the customers that already gave them hundreds of thousands, and and it just doesn't make any sense. So, very cool development. Very cool to see that out of DefCon, and uh, yeah, props to uh, Sick Codes who. Uh, uh, I don't know if Sick Codes did the the hack themselves. Uh, I do know that. Uh, Skelligant, uh, who is a Doom modder, a very prolific Doom modder, uh, basically made the port of this, but I don't think they actually announced who did the hack. Oh no, it, it was Sick Codes, okay. Sorry, this article is written a little weird. It says, Sick Codes shared a video of Doom run. It's like, okay, were they covering the event or were they the presenter? <laughs> at the, they were the we're, presenter. We're showing our own thing. Yeah. But we're saying someone did this. Right. Well, we did this. Well, the video, the, <laughs> the article I'm looking at is from Mashable. So it's. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, how's your beer, John? The, uh, you know, I like it, but in this very warm shed, it is starting <laughs> to get the that characteristic of the hop burniness. Oh, yeah. Um, it's warming up too fast, and um, I'm giving getting almost that. Um, metallic silver in the back yeah, of my tongue yeah. and throat. Um, although uh, I have a, my other one, I purposely chose to have my second beer. It does need to be warmed up a little bit. So I'm hoping Mine too. that this, that this Mine room too. will help. Boy, so this is the, the Nogna Air, uh, number 500 IPA, 10%. <coughs> this reminds me very much of the body of Ninkasi's Megalodon. Okay. So for those who know IPAs, know the big beefy IPAs um, out here on the West Coast, Megalodon is one that is very highly sought after by a lot of beer traders and things like that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Body-wise, very, very similar. Very similar hot profile, kind of towards the back of the, of the flavor as well. Oh, okay. But... 
super citrusy sweet right up front. Uh, like I said, pineapple, orange, lemon sitting right there, right at the Ooh, tip of your tongue. That sounds um, good. And then slowly evolves from that that Mai Tai-ish kind of cocktail into this real rich, deep, thick malt. Like, like think of like super malty Irish reds. Like, like it, it does that, like the so like best- So Megalodon and, and Dawn of the Dead put together? Kind of, yes. Uh, well, Megalodon for the overall feel, Dawn okay. of the Red for kind of what this evolves into flavor-wise, flavor profile-wise, as far as the malt goes. It's kind of super rich malt with a little bit of hop there, but it starts out like some of the best fruity juice bomb hazy IPAs. Like, like it's that level of juice and then transitions so quickly to that super dark malt. Um, and it's wonderful the entire way. <laughs> yeah. There's not a second of this beer that I'm disliking. Well, uh, how long have you had that beer? I think you've had it for a while, haven't you? A couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. So super, super good. Uh, almost as good as our sponsor. Uh, today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever wanted to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources to put into hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most tutorials you've seen on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex servers, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, as I found out, RAID is not a backup. Linode was also the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Last year, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing and a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you. Uh uh we we got like five mm -hmm. or six super chats to get back up to yep let's uh scroll up the list here <laughs> starting with looks like cosworth with five dollars yep. again thank you cause uh i live in a simulation my steam deck arrives on my birthday and once again i am playing army on my birthday uh see cause actually plays army so i'm not sure if he's playing army or playing army but could be he, either one. He he's in yeah he's I I believe when I talked to him he's still active. Yeah yeah. So 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 thank you and yes. <laughs> uh, Denver five dollars thank you very much Den. Uh, I did it the wrong way by replacing all three terabyte drives one at a time with eight terabyte drives then expanding the pool afterwards. <laughs> Speaking of replacing all of your storage, so taking one disc out at a time, slotting in a larger disc, and going, okay, resilver it. Waiting a day, pulling out another three, putting in another eight, okay, resilver it. And then uh, finally going, okay, now that everyone is on the same page, let's just go ahead and expand all of your storage. Uh, 
I have not personally done that method, although I do hear it works. Uh, Gearling, Mr. Jeff chimes in, uh, $5. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, might watch war games tonight. Any movies or media you watched as a kid that got you hooked on tech and computing? Um, well, if the border wasn't any indication, uh, huge Star Trek fans, both yes. of us, uh, obviously war games was kind of pivotal. Uh, I always loved back to the future. I, I love the DeLorean. I love the time machine. I love the, the techno jargon slash mad scientist kind of thing. Um, and I think, I think we all try to embody a little bit about kind of those tech personalities or celebrities or actors that we viewed growing up. Um, for me, it was always a little bit of Bill Nye. It was always a little bit of uh, LeVar Burton <laughs> as Jordy LaForge. He he is my chief engineer. Uh, and, and then, yeah, movies like, uh, you know, war games, like I said, prime example. So. Oh yeah. See, see, I replied back with, Ferris Bueller's Day Off because he's sitting there hacking the school system and then stealing a Ferrari. Well, and then I was like, "Yeah, I embody that. Well, <laughs> I want to embody that." Straight up hackers. <laughs> oh gosh, that's it. Yeah, but nineteen ninety-seven cult classic. Yes, oh yeah, cult classic. What is it? We uh, are the keyboard cowboys. What is? Yeah, um, they uh, are the cattle. Moo. Uh, what did they say? Um, what was it? What was his hacker name? Mess with. Oh, it was Zero Cool. Zero Cool. Uh, Zero and Cool it, or uh, uh, Crash Override. Crash, uh, yeah. Angelina Jolie, Matthew Lillard. Uh, uh, acid. Acid Burn. Acid Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Phantom Freak. Uh, Cypher. Uh, was it Cypher? Yes, it was Cypher. Cypher, yeah. Um, yeah, so the many Morpheus. great, so many great characters in, but, in uh, that one. The article, or there was like a meme, uh, or there was a mention of it, of like, oh, you you hacked, uh, you you were in the New York Times in 1987 of hacking a hundred and seventeen hundred computers at one time and crashed yeah. the system. Hey, seventeen hundred and two. It was like that's it in 1980. It's like, oh man, I feel old. Yeah, <laughs> the net lawnmower man. Uh, oh, those are bad, Johnny. Um, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did he have? A, a five gigs of storage in his serial killer. Something? That was Matthew Lillard's, Lillard's uh, character. Serial <laughs> killer. Okay. Oh yeah. Zero cool. Yep. Uh, also, Pendulette. Uh, Pendulette. Uh, Fisher Stevens. Oh yeah. Playing playing not a brown face character. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of tech one, then you have short circuit. Short circuit. Johnny Five is alive. Yeah. Oh man. Oh Johnny Five was always playing around my house. Ah. Uh, I mean, I I would still even buy that robot if I could like buy a real life um, one. There is a Lego mock. Uh, so a, a third-party set of Johnny Five that I've been eyeing for a little while. It's like ninety dollars for knockoff Lego, but at the and it's probably one of the largest knockoff sets I've ever purchased. But I'm I've been looking at it for a while. <laughs> uh, we're gonna hack the Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and all servers are floating. Are three D floating towers? Yeah. <laughs> I What's love that? that part too. God wouldn't be up this late. <laughs> all all passwords are God love 
and yeah. something else. Well, sex. Well, yeah. you're the host. I'm not saying it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Whatever. We're talking about hacking uh, on YouTube. We're already canceled. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. There was a den also chimed in with five bucks. Can farmers claim lack of repair lights on farmers insurance? Uh, I don't know if that's a joke or if he's actually serious. I'm pretty sure it's a joke. Uh, yeah, we can help you with a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Mike D chimes in with $10. What is that, Canadian? Yep, 10 Canadian. Yes, evening, Jen. 10 Canadian Sorry, rubles. There we go. Thanks again for unpacking the beers I sent you last week on the live stream. I hope you and maybe some of the other talking head gents uh, enjoy them. Cheers. From the real Mike D. Cheers to you, Mike. They will certainly be in the rotation. Uh, you yes. you might see them on this show. You might see them in a regular video. But anytime a viewer gives me beer, probably 95% of them will end up on the channel. Uh, yeah. I, I, I try to make good on that every single time. Sometimes it's a Saturday night. It's 11 o'clock. I need a beer. One of those takes a dive. Like <laughs> Also, sometimes, too, there's a particular video that just matches a beer, you know, like a local beer. Right. Because here in Oregon, too, especially, we have a lot, quite a few tech theme Level breweries. beer. Level brewing level has been beers, on here bi many times. Binary brewing. Binary. You know, so th there's enough places that do sarcastic tech stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Doug says, I robot. No, no, no. We said when we were kids. <laughs> oh. Oh, there was, we, we, we got a new employee today and uh, uh, she's not even 21. I was like, oh, man, oh, mm -hmm. I feel old. Oh. Mm -hmm. oh, yep. Yep. My sister turned 23 this year and I went, holy crap, you don't even remember the 90s. <laughs> Uh, someone was once saying December um, 99. Yeah. Uh, I heard a bunch of old people born in the nineties. I was like, what old people born in the nineties. Oh, that one killed. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. Am I your grandfather now? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've, I've talked about this, uh, where I got carded recently buying beer and they grabbed Ooh. it and, and they grabbed it and went, okay. And I went, that was quick. And they went, yeah, it started with a 19. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? Mm. Ugh. That, <laughs> that struck a nerve. <laughs> well, you know, I just show my Blockbuster card and they're like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, real genius, weird science, but without the creeps. <laughs> you know, we uh, weird science, but without... Staring into a sorority <laughs> house, like can we can we cancel that movie at this point? Like, is is that okay? I actually heard they're doing a remake. Of it. I know. <laughs> I I can't imagine that doing well if that scene it's is probably included. Probably going to be three D printing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike D chimes in uh, with another four Canadian. Thank you very much. One hundred nineteen and only forty likes. Like the video, people. Smiley face. I agree. Uh, yeah, 46 likes is what we're up to now. Uh, we've got 120 people, 121 concurrent actually. So yeah, get with it. 
get with it. Come on, Mike, hit the like more. Sign, create more accounts. Like like the video. Yeah. Uh, Sign into all of your separate accounts. All right. Uh, Samsung unveils a 128 terabyte solid state drive built to tackle petabyte scale storage in the data center. Uh, so this is the largest announced and probably the largest to actually be brought to market SSD that's been unveiled thus far. Um, now, some might remember all the way back in 2017, Samsung also announced, strangely enough, a 128 terabyte SSD. However, that one didn't have the controller built into the SSD and was going to rely on backplanes to basically have the controller and then you would slot in DRAM or, uh, sorry, uh, uh, bleh, NAND flash. Yeah. NAND flash, there we go. Uh, you would slot in NAND flash to connect directly to the controller. So it'd basically be like a one-party solution. Uh, surprisingly, that didn't take off. Um, but Samsung is back with a two and a half inch, 128 terabyte SSD with the controller on board that will be released to data centers sometime next year. Uh, so they are going to start, uh, sorry, pricing was not announced. It's, it's one of those, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Uh, Samsung currently has a 32 terabyte yeah, offering in, in the two and a half inch SAS SSD slot. So this will, will go into the same slot. Uh, that one drive, one drive, one drive is $7,000. So you can get that SSD or your 4080. Couple 4080. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, pick which one. <laughs> Price. It's high. <laughs> Thank you, Skull. Uh, wasn't there a 300 terabyte SSD in a three and a half inch form factor? There was. It was a multi PCB SSD. I believe that was, was it Micron announced that one? It was either Micron or... I know there's been a 100 terabyte two and a half, and I know there's been larger three and a halves. Mm. Um, but uh, oh. anyway, as you can kind of see from this uh, little cardboard cutout presentation thing that you see at every trade show, uh, this is also a two PCB layout connected with the ribbon uh, cable and uh, there's a controller on one of these and then NAND flash covering the other, all, all the other available surfaces. Um, so quite an impressive bit of engineering and density. Uh, supposedly this is using 232 layer 3D NAND flash uh, using QLC, so quad level channel. Uh, and yeah. Uh, the most interesting thing is if you can see each one of these individual little chips, each one of those chips is two terabytes. Each one of those little, uh, little SOCs. That's, that's a two terabyte NAND flash. SOC, hmm. sorry. ICs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeff, do not touch the flash. I kind of want to chew on it. Like I, <laughs> like Ian Cutrus, he, he he's got an appetite for silicon. Me, I have an appetite for for flash. 
Each so, one of those a little little edible. Right. Right. I just want to take it out. Yeah, he, he he like it, it's a it's a British versus American thing. He likes wafers, I like I like chips, so the only drive you will ever need. Oh no, I'll fill it. <laughs> well, yeah, only three hundred terabytes. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, whatever. I mean Yep. <laughs> that's why that that's just your Plex server, right, Jeff? Can I plead so, the fifth? <laughs> Plex server. Um it's high. <laughs> Actually, I think last I last I saw it, it was around seven and a half terabytes was what was sitting on my Plex server. Now, unlike a lot of people's Plex servers, mine is almost almost completely legally ripped content uh, from media that I own. Um, and in fact, if you watch some early craft computing videos, you'll see one of my early servers that I had had three drive or three uh, optical bays in it, one Blu-ray and two DVD drives. That was for an automated process that I would drop discs into and they would rip the discs. Um, and then oftentimes I would have it uh, compressed down from DVD raw of 4.7 gigs down to around one and a half to two gigs, depending on what the title was, um, just to save space. Uh, and and I still kind of do that. I uh, I got asked in a DM earlier this week if I had ever tried 4K raw streaming over Plex. And the, the honest answer is no, I haven't. I have a couple videos that I do have in 4K raw, but I don't have them on my Plex server. Mm. Um, because... I've never been a huge audiophile cinephile as far as like the home theater experience. Yeah. I just want to watch a movie. Uh, I mean, I want to watch at least decent enough quality. Decent enough quality, you know. I don't, I don't need marginal MPEG compression. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need truest to form as, oh my gosh, look at that blade of grass over there. Right. I I don't need (laughs) tack sharp sharpness. 480, 480p, 480i. Um, in, in movies that I ripped from the nineties straight from Blu-ray or straight from DVD, you know, um, my original matrix trilogy and animatrix, like that looks fine in my original blue or DVD rip. That was also compressed about 50%, um, which is 720. We we were probably having some drinks too. So our vision is already blurry (laughs) and, and Reddit would have a field day with, with my home theater setup my living room setup because I have a 75 inch TV and it's mounted about five and a half or six feet in the air. Now everyone goes, Oh my gosh, your TV's too high. Your neck's craning like that. Yeah. But my living room is 17 feet long. And so when I'm sitting on the couch, it's actually a very comfortable angle to watch the TV from. And if anyone gets up and walks in front of it, it doesn't matter. They're underneath my vision. Yeah. Uh, But and then when your TV's that far away too, you're not even going to see that type of detail. And it doesn't matter that kind of detail. I don't even see the MPEG compression on my TV. I'm so far away. At that and I usually watch without glasses. So, you know, it's six one, half a dozen another. Uh, but he was going, you know, do you do you watch like native 4K content off of Plex? And I said, most of my stuff is ripped down to a to fit between one and two gigs, sometimes three gigs, and a couple of things I have at the raw DVDs, like my Lord of the Rings extended editions. But beyond that, 
I'm not a cinephile, audiophile, everything has to go boom, boom, 7.1. I have a 75 inch TV that's 17 feet away from me and I don't even have a sound bar. We're using the TV speakers. Oh, I I mean, I'll get, at least get a sound bar with like a mini sub. Oh, those, those, those TV speakers are horrible. <laughs> the thing is I also have three kids and I don't have room for a subwoofer because we've also got the tortoise tank right there, the terrarium. Uh, yeah, and well, and, you you have the I think we have the same thing. The Vizio, the Vizio makes a nice little yeah. Bluetooth 10, 10 inch uh, Bluetooth sub. It's yeah. actually really nice. Yeah, uh, but, I've but been yeah, looking yeah. at I, getting I, a sound bar, but I want to get something akin to like one of the Bose Quiet Comforts. Like, oh yeah, like like I, nice I I want something that'll provide some bass, but without the need for a for a present sub. We just don't watch that many movies, and and that being required. a cinephile well, in my own home is not really a desire of mine. Oh no, I mean that's uh, before we moved to my new house. We had the sub and soundbar, and my wife actually hated. It. She's like, "Oh, it's too bassy," uh, and yeah. so I moved the soundbar with the sub into the studio here. So I actually like it. But yeah, we just have a soundbar, but there it doesn't really provide any bass. But it does. Like we are only having to go at. 25 to uh, 32 um and the tvs that don't have speaker we're having to crank it up to like 50 52 yeah so there's there's a noticeable difference you know um right i have have a larger range but you know it's just nice not to have to i have to crank it up but yeah i really don't care if if i'm just gonna i'm i'm gonna watch a movie just to enjoy the movie and i don't need necessarily there are times I, like I said, I have in my studio, it's not perfect, but I just have a little more bass. And that's really actually all I want right. is to enjoy it, just that rumble. He, here, um, in, here in my studio, I have the uh, Creative Katana soundbar with with a subwoofer. Now it's not yeah. a powered sub, it's, it's a passive 10 inch. Um, in my living room at one point, I did have 5.1 surround sound. I've, I had a Polk Audio Center. I had a, a Polk 12 inch powered 300 watt sub. Yeah. We, we could shake the neighbor's house off its foundation. like. Like I've lived that life and I enjoyed that life, but I, I also am living the life I have now, which is I have three kids who will rarely sit down to watch anything more than 12 minutes, let alone 90. And and are you are you cranking it up for Doc McStuffins or something like that or Paw Patrol? And that's <laughs> like, the other no. thing is I don't want that booming through my house the entire day. Like it's kind of nice because the speakers are kind of higher range, which means they don't travel. <laughs> <laughs> They they can they can be watching Doc McStuffins or God whatever, whatever that <sighs> there there's a show that's designed for toddlers that is some of the worst 3D animation I've ever seen like I think know Pixar like I think Pixar 1989 oh it, it's like ripped off Pixar too right and, and it, yeah and it's all it's all uh, Creative Commons nursery rhymes. Yes, I know um, exactly what you're talking about. Oh, oh my! So bad. It is the worst thing ever. <laughs> but they'll watch it. Like, I like know. Toddlers will watch, because it's bright colors and and different moving things. And you're like, there. Uh, there's a bunch of ones that are just like simulators too of like things collapsing. Think Kids, about your t- first attempt at animating something on Blender, and you were just trying to get the storyboard down, and so you took your characters and you moved them like board game style. That's what this is. Oh yeah, I know. It's it's like this character hops on a train, dunk, 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 and then the train goes by. Right. And then it hits some blocks, but then the train just goes. It just stops like that. Coco melon. 
Cocomelon. So, some, someone new. Uh, Cocomelon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And what's funny is all I had to say is crappy Pixar knockoff. And people went, yes. <laughs> like four of them now. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. No, uh, that's on my TV for about an hour a day. And honestly, that's all I can stand. <laughs> Uh, a couple more super chats. I think we'll open the next beer, and uh, yes. I'm very curious to what you have, John, because oh, 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 I. Couple more. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let's all let's right, let's right. reveal. Uh, let's reveal in time. Uh, uh, Andrew ready. sends over another two bucks. Thank you very much again, Andrew. Uh, Hunanji F eight D plus. It calls to you. Um, I had one of those. I reviewed one of those. I sold one of those. In fact, that board lives in Australia now. Uh, so <laughs> I know who you sold it to. I, I've lived the FAD life. I, I, I've gone as far as I can. Like, what more do you want than 2687 V2s? Like, I bought those for you. Well, for me, but to show you. <laughs> Am I that rich jerk that just buys new cars to show new to show my friends that I bought a new car? Hold on. I mentioned earlier in the show oh, you, you that I was looking truck. at building myself a PF Sense box just in case. So I was going through my Xeon collection uh, to figure out which CPU would be the right match uh, as far as wattage and and TDP and. Frequency and core counts and like I'm going through Intel's arc and going, okay, I only don't have like four of these. <laughs> what, I, what I like is, is you holding up all of those chipsets and like, oh, that's the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it There's is. There's the thumbnail. <laughs> uh, again, first world problems. Um, Denver sends over another five. Thank you very much, Den. Uh, my Plex server is 14 terabytes of 100% legal, not gray area, recorded TV compressed to H.265 with a dedicated 3950X, 3700X, and 5700G. I started before I had internet. Um, I also did that off of when I had satellite TV. That's where some of my media came from, uh, to be sure, is ripping uh, or recording movies that were playing on some of the premium channels and just saving uh, them and premium yeah. channels All premium right, channels <laughs> yeah what time of day were these premium sorry channels? my plex library is seven terabytes <laughs> the other library is uh quite a bit more if you catch quite a my bit more. it holds that other 293 terabytes if you play your cards right i'll show you all nine terabytes uh, and then Den sends another five. Uh, we got a sound bar with wireless sub and stuck it under the couch. Best seat in the house. I've considered that as well. I've considered like butt kickers and things like that. But at the same time, um, I don't have the best hearing. Uh, I, I was someone who was in and out of marching bands and shops and, and things like that. And I've, I've got some hearing damage. Um, and I think that I would get Oh, tinnitus is a cruel mistress. Yeah. Um, I think I would get more irritated that my kids were talking and all I could hear was the bass than I do just missing the bass. Like, don't get me wrong. I love going to the movies, going to the theater, getting that experience. It is it is very, very visceral. Um, but I don't think I need that right now. 
I, I just don't. Maybe one day again I will. Maybe when I, I build my next studio, it'll have like a theater section or like a larger TV and some bass and whatnot that if I want to watch a movie, I can sit down and enjoy it or my wife can come upstairs and we can have a couple drinks. And But I don't think I need that in my living room. Like, like that's my point is I'd rather spend the time with my family and, and enjoy my time. And if you don't hear that explosion quite as well as you might and you don't feel it in your chest... Yeah, it's still a good movie. That's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. Yeah. Anyway, let's open the next beers because this is the beer I was waiting for. Oh well, see, this is an interesting beer. I don't. I think yours will probably out tower mine. I guarantee mine. it will. John, oh. nothing in your collection. Nothing. Oh, you heard me. You heard me. I mean, I'm not going to waste it, but I doubt that. You don't have this one. Just because I don't have it doesn't mean I can't tell something that's just good. Oh. But, but, but because of that, I think what we're going to do now is go opposite, opposite spectrums. Oh, you is want me that, to go first? No, 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 no. Okay. You're okay. going for the best, and I'm going for what some have claimed to be the absolute worst. Oh, Interesting. Which is what you gave me. And you oh, yeah. to be the <laughs> There could not be a better comparison right now. <laughs> Samuel oh. Smith's malt liquor stout. Oh, that's pouring thin. That is that is thin. <laughs> that's like Coke. That looks like Coke or Pepsi. Whichever team you guys are on. Oh god. This is literally the worst stout I've ever had. <clears throat> Straight up. John, your alcohol-free stouts, the gluten-free stouts, they have nothing on a Samuel W. Smith's. So that's why I was hoping that maybe if it warms up a little bit, it'll bring out a multi-year characteristic. The bottle was sweating earlier, like 20 yeah. minutes ago. Now that sweat is completely dry. So this is, oh my God, it's foaming. Um, it's going away. The oh, only, oh. only... <laughs> it's sour. It's I, sour. I know. Oh man, that I... was, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I know. Is the organic from yeast from someone's armpit or something? I don't know if they they licensed your hair. Um, um, no, there there'd be like mint characteristics from all the tree oil. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that um... is um. It has okay. a body like chocolate milk and and a taste that loses to Nestle Quick. Although, I mean, the, the hop acidiness of that IPA to this. Hold on, best, hold on, still. hold on. Pause the right, show. Well Skull just looked up your beer. It gets a 4.05 on untapped. Way. On the, uh, the 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 treehouse? No. On the Samuel Smith. It gets a four point. Z There's no possible way. Now I know they have two versions. There's the organic, and I think they have a regular. He has the organic chocolate stout, which is what you have, which is what I gave you, which is what I bought. Yeah. All right. Let's. I can't get. Pet There's so much. There's so much head. It's not. You're going gonna down. have to. Yeah. 
Sorry, I have to let Rambo out real quick. One That's second. That's fine. Oh, man. Hang on. I think I did. A, didn't I do a review on this? I might have lied. Oh, no, I think I did the oatmeal stout. Yeah, wow. Um, Four? Oh, I've had it three times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the first clue that this is going to be halfway decent. Mine didn't come with a twist top. Uh, was it? My, this wasn't twist. It wasn't. It. It, no. Are you sure it wasn't twist? Yeah, I'm looking okay. at it. It's not twist. Okay. So but it does say malt beverage. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give John a clue. Here we go. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I know what that is. Dogfish. Oh no, I already know what that is. That's Utopus. Yeah. This is the know. Utopia's worldwide barrel aged stout. Um, uh, you were supposed to share that. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> I have another one that's actually stronger than this from Dogfish Head that I'm going to share. Let's see. Okay, there it is. What ye what year was that? This is the twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, seventeen point three. Something like that. I don't think it yeah. says, and honestly, I don't care. Uh, ages I mean, well, of course. As, as far as, uh-oh. You okay? Uh, I don't, I'll, let's see if the camera will pick this up. So I was holding it. Oh, geez. I have cracked my glass. Wow. That's how strong this beer is. Ah, it's a manly beer. Well, there goes my stout glass. I will uh, be right back before this shatters into my glass. All right. I love stouts that are so thick that they loop around to being stouts that are too thick to have a head. Um, this poured like Coca-Cola. It, it's super weird. Um, like normally you get like a, a 12, 13% barrel aged stout and uh, and it pours and it gets this. Turn the fan up just a bit. Yeah, hold on. I, I want to talk to John about this. Okay. All right, so, I'm so, here. so John, this poured like Coca-Cola. Watch this, okay? Oh, that's thin. Super thin, gets a fizzy head and then immediately dissipates. And I was saying, I love the stouts that like, you get some really thin stouts that do exactly that. That it's like, oh, there's no head, there's no body, there's nothing redeeming about this. And then you start climbing up in the ABV. You get into the nines, the tens, even the twelves. Mm -hmm. You get these thick, dense, super fine packed bubbles and uh, and a head that will never dissipate, that will outlive the glass. And you're like, oh, yeah. this is a quality stout. And then you get something like a 17% and it loops back on itself and doesn't produce a head. That's where you think they're just pouring liquor into this beer. Oh my God. <laughs> Too oh. easy to drink. Wow. That is too easy it. to drink. 17.4? That's what Untapped has for that particular year's vintage, yes. This should be illegal. 
and then 17.3 for a previous year. So basically 17 plus, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, this year's is 17.6. Yeah, I'm not a prohibitionist, but this should be illegal. Just straight up. Yeah, and and they didn't even list the the ABV on this bottle. It's nowhere. It's nowhere to be found. Anyway, for those that don't know, uh, Sam Adams, Samuel Adams, that Samuel Adams, produces a beer every year called the Utopias. Yes. And it is touted to be one of the most, one of the strongest regularly brewed beers in the world. In America. Um, in, in America, excuse me. Sorry, yes. we, we can't go spitting on Scottish fire. That's right. Uh, right. Uh, anyway, it, it typically ends up somewhere between 26 and 33%, usually kind of within yeah, that range. It, it, it's above 19%. Right. Uh, it, it is, I think the lowest it's ever been is maybe 23. Yeah. I think that was the lowest, something-ish. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, as loose as Oregon's liquor laws are, you cannot sell a bottle of Utopias in the state of Oregon because the most you can sell in a retail store is 19.9%. You cannot eclipse that 20% marker. Um, legally, uh, you can get it if you buy through, uh, the wine stores and the, the things like that, but you have to special order it. Um, whereas wines, you can get like, you know, 22% wine, not a problem, but the way it was, it was fermented. That's, that's what's important. That's what really the end result is, right? Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so like the Sam Adams of the last couple of years have been like 28, 31, 26. Like they've all been kind of in that well into the liqueur range of beers and they come in pints and they're about $200 each. Uh, and mark my words, I'll be buying one next year uh, for reasons. Maybe two. Maybe two. Um, I think they only allow you to buy one at a time. Right. Uh, anyway, this is also the Dogfish Head Worldwide Stout, which is an incredible stout series from Dogfish Head. Uh, they're out of what, Ohio, I want to say? No, they're uh, East Coast. Uh, Utah? Utah's not East Coast. No, sorry. Uh, Delaware. 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 Dogfish Head, Milton, Delaware. There Milton, we go. Delaware. Yep. Um, yeah, $250 actually. Yeah, and John Jay would know. He has a bottle. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Worldwide Stout is a fantastic series of stouts that will often include different mixers. And they're usually like 14% plus. So they're pretty heavy hitting, barrel aged. They'll do vanilla or chocolate or coffee or things like that. They will also take other barrel types and they will age in that. So they've had um, they've had an Elijah Craig barrel aged worldwide stout before. Uh, they've done uh, a couple of others. Uh, this one was aged in the same barrels that Sam Adams Utopias series was aged in. Uh, so this is a particularly special brew and also particularly high ABV. So... This should be illegal. So, should be. So, so technically, it all depends. This this comes down to you know personal taste. Uh, but if we were to go just purely on untapped ratings, 
I mine are, I have better stuff. Technically, technically, but actually, I do want to do a video of why Untapped is actually horrible. Right. I'm 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 currently writing the script. Are you? Yes. Uh, I I have to... video. It is it is it is why Untapped has. Uh, what I was working on the title of um, resurrected craft beer and at the same time killed craft beer. Totally. Um, it's because you've left it up to users to rate. It is... Well, there's there, there's that, and and then uh, how many times I've talked to brewery owners and, and, and taproom owners that will just particularly go with the highest rating, or um, customers at a brewery will go like, well, I don't like stouts. Uh, I rate this as a one, mm -hmm. but I don't typically like stout. Why did you drink the stout? Then don't then? drink it and don't, don't rate drink it. it. If you can't yeah. judge it as a stout, if if I bought if I bought a Toyota MR2 and said one star doesn't haul my three kids, I'm an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> well, well. So then uh, recently I did the the pizza beer review, and my, our Steve and I, our friend Randall, came on. It's uh, one of Steve's old high school buddies. Mm -hmm. Um. And he's on Untapped too, but he, like, he is extremely critical. If you go look at his uh, Untapped stuff, like a three for him is perfection. So everything he gives is five like is a perfection. Two. And not to him. And, and he he hates sours. He hates jammy sours. He hates overly uh, uh, chocolatey stouts. And so, but he'll he'll try them, and then he'll give one five, you know, one seven five, two two twenty five. And it's like, there's enough people out there that it deems. But then at the same time, the opposite side is there's all these extreme unpopular styles of beer, the jammy sours or, you know, whatnot, that people are just going after just because the brewery's famous. And they're like, oh, this is the best. Really, you know, you can only have like eight ounces of it. Right. And, but they're giving it fives and four seven fives, and it's you know this more remarkable beer. But could this brewery actually just make a nice clean IPA? Probably not. You know, uh, right. So I, I, I wanted to basically just like address that. I always thought that was a good talking point. I have actually a, quite a few scripts in the work that are more talking points about certain things. I have one actually in the works. Kind of one of the things is that'll probably hopefully come in the next two weeks. Uh, five things to look for that are uh, the five tastes and aromatics to look for in a beer that fruit that show the beer is bad. Yeah. So these are the notes to look for in a bad beer that you know the brew something went off and there's probably something you know the brewery's trying. If to it's hide a it or... stout and says sour anywhere, <laughs> that was going to be one of the jokes of a black sour, black sour, <laughs> those dark sours. No, that was a bad stout. They're lying to you. <laughs> it didn't start that way. Yeah. But you always get that, like, you know, a wet cardboard flavor sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones is the over Bernie acidy tone, you know, that's an imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just an imbalance in, in the brewer didn't know technically what he was Doing. Yeah, and, and I like I said, with hazies as they've been evolving, it, it's been really cool to see this style of beer evolve yeah. over the last five to eight years. As when it started out, it was like, oh, let's dump all of the acidic characteristics that we can because yeah. we want to make a hazy. And what they realized is that was a terrible way to go about it. There's actually flavors inside of that that you need to draw out 
that are based on that style, but yeah. not always just these acidic juice bombs. And exactly. a lot of breweries have really been dialing it in, specifically the last two years. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like you said earlier, uh four years ago when these were four or five years ago when these were like coming out, we were trying to eight ounces at a time. We'd be like, oh man, this killed my throat. Whatever. Right. I can't taste anything else now. My taste yeah. buds are dead. My throat feels like it's on fire. It was a fantastic ounce and a half. Like I had to take that I'd have taken that in a shot. Yeah. But but yeah, and and like it's all of a sudden, for the last two years, hazies have developed their own actual flavor profile that you can sit down and have a couple of pints of. and Exactly. Or have a pint of and then move on to another beer. It's, it's not the dominating flavor that will kill you for the rest of the night. Yeah. Oh, someone uh, speaking of hazies and stuff, we do have a super chat from Novella Hub who says he is coming in late to the party, but he is drinking a Treehouse King Julius double IPA, uh, also from King House. It is one of those, another um, uh, uh, juice bombs. Mm -hmm. uh, Treehouse was one of those companies that started early on as being one of those, and they have dialed it in and dialed it back tremendously. Yeah. And actually, what I was, well, I said that this one was starting to get to that tinny hazy part, and actually it stuck right there and never reached that precipice. Never, and got never too, pushed you over the edge. Never pushed me over the edge. It's just like, it's gonna go too far, I know it. No, it kept me right there. Never, this is Sparta'd you. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, but, so I, I wanna do a bit more of, uh, I, I have about six scripts in the works. Nice. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks that are more informational Mm -hmm. uh, or just, hey, think about this. I, I want to do that cocktail, uh, you know, our jammy sours and yeah. pastry stouts. Technically, by the technical definition, uh, are they cocktails? They're actually? mixed spirits. They're so. mixed spirits. So uh, just go into that. I think I, those videos are always fun to do, but mm -hmm. unlike a regular beer review, those are the ones that take time because you have to do the research. You have to write the script out to get the verbiage correct. Where did this uh, style come from? Yeah, exactly. Why was it developed that way? You, you when don't want to look like an idiot talking about it, <laughs> you know? Those, yeah, it, and what's funny is I know exactly the videos you're talking about because it, anytime I look at the past where it's like, you know, my SteamOS videos. I did a SteamOS video in 2018 about where SteamOS started in 2012, why it was a big deal then, why it's still kind of a big deal now, and why computing is the way that it is today. Uh, based on the fact that Valve and Microsoft had this little tift when Windows 8 was developed. Like, it, and and you have to explain all of that, but also make it digestible to the to the viewer. And uh, I've had a couple of videos like that lately where I've had to go, okay, so in the beginning, there was nothing. And then Microsoft said, let there be light. And Linux said, F you. And now we have NVIDIA's driver situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, so, yeah, but, you know, speaking kind of back, I, I, I was trying to work into this transition, but my glass broke and we got into beer, but, uh, <laughs> of the plexers and stuff. And, and, and uh, thinking of the nineties and, and the VHS and DVD copies of, of yeah. old. Yes. We had a good segue, but we veered off completely. Your glass broken, all hell broke loose. <laughs> 
So, uh, research has concluded that anti-piracy ads do nothing but promote piracy. Who would have thought? <laughs> I've said this about DRM. DRM does nothing but piss people off and make them go, how do I get rid of this? Uh, I've done it. Yep. The people who buy your movies are not the people to tell, stop stealing our movies. The people who purchased your game legally are not the people to question, do you have a legit CD key? Oh, yes, you do. I see the physical documentation. Can you send me the physical documentation so I can verify it's a legit CD key? Oh, it looks like that CD key was stolen by a filthy pirate, so you can't get online even though you downloaded the game legit, and this yeah. other person just downloaded a key gen, and they have your key now. Sorry! Well, I have... I had the physical receipt. <laughs> Seriously. That's like a true story ago. for Need for Speed Shift and why I still cannot play that game online. Thank you, EA. I have the jewel case, goddammit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, DRM and anti-piracy measures only end up punishing the people who already gave you money for the product. They only end up lecturing to the people who did it the right way. So why are you lecturing those people? Why are you punishing those people? Why are you holding them in scrutiny and going, I don't know if you're legit. I see a Steam account linked to this, but how do I know that you actually bought this and that this Uplay install is legit? Because who would buy a Uplay game? Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of times on the show too of of earlier on the Netflix companies and everything when they're when these companies the best way to stop piracy is to give out a good product at a decent price and a fair market price. Yep. When Netflix first came out, it was hey here's all of the movies you want at a relatively cheap price. Yep. And then I'm like, you know what? That's a price I can afford. That's Eight easy. Bucks, I done. I don't want to. I don't want to risk the stuff that I might be doing, you know, or getting called because it was getting cracked down. There was a lot of articles of people getting cracked down on that or possibly getting a virus because I didn't know what I was downloading or how good I was doing at it. You know, the uh, Star Lip Wars. Biscuit.exe. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but then, then all of a sudden, all those companies are like, let's make our own version of that and charge you $8.99 and $8.99 and $8.99. How to pay, you know, 120 bucks to cut your cable bill bill now. Like, Do you know no, why we were willing it. to pay Netflix $8.99? It's because Netflix had everything. Do you know yeah. why I'm not willing to pay ABC $8.99 or sorry, Peacock $8.99? It's because Peacock has, let's see, Star Trek and Survivor. Yeah. And it's got like uh, Parks and Rec and uh, The Office or something like that now. Which is a decade old at this point. Yeah, they're all reruns. So, so actually, I saw, I saw, what is that? I, was, I saw Parks and Rec on a rerun on the TV and it was the last season and it was, a, uh, it takes place next year. <laughs> 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 Which was supposed to take place in the future. I was like, Wait, this is 2023. Wait, oh. oh. <laughs> <Ooh. Yeah. laughs> 
Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, researchers have determined that anti-piracy ads only alert people to the availability of piracy. Uh, and the most famous being, obviously, you wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't steal oh, a handbag. That's you wouldn't great. murder a policeman. Then go to the bathroom in his helmet and deliver the helmet <laughs> to his grieving wife and then steal the helmet back. I totally would, but but I'm kind of sadistic. Um, there are anti-piracy measures that work. Uh, most famously, Game Dev Tycoon. Uh, John, are you aware of this one? Uh, slightly. The name sounds very, very, very familiar, but the story so, is escaping me. So Game Dev Tycoon is a game about being a game development studio. It's a game development sim game. Okay. Uh, so think like Sim Town, Sim Sim City, Sim Tower, that um, kind of thing. Look, You're managing look. a game development empire, and depending on the dials that you flip <laughs> up and down, and the talent that you hire and and whatnot, you release successful games or not successful games. Okay, it's a microcosm of Sim games. Okay, and also fairly ironic. Um, they decided to fight piracy not with DRM but by releasing a cracked version of the game themselves. This cracked version of the game that you could download from all the torrent sites because it was cracked and totally legit, right? Um, played normally for about an hour. And then after an hour, the odds would completely slant against you like, like Gandhi on a power trip. Uh, <laughs> And you would eventually receive the message that your sales were going down. And it seems that many players play our new game, but it seems that they are stealing and downloading cracked versions rather than buying illegally. If we can't create a good enough game for people to give us their money, we'll probably go bankrupt eventually. Oh, ironic. <laughs> uh, it got... Now, this is totally funny because people got onto the steam forums and complained about this bug uh not knowing that they were outing themselves as pirates yeah <laughs> which but in that, and of itself is freaking brilliant oh but, it's genius but this is how you fight piracy i'm i'm the consumer that spends thousands of dollars a year on movies and media and music and and games and everything else and you know what if a game's drm is so obtrusive as to be unlivable i will download a cracked version blizzard i don't play diablo 2 online i have an offline version I paid for the game. I pre-ordered it, in fact. You got my money before you were even done. I may have the Doty repack. <laughs> that may be what I play on. Because I play it on my handhelds. Or I play it on a desktop. And I don't want to install the Blizzard launcher. And I don't want to have to log into my Blizzard account once every 20 days. And I don't want to have... Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Steam is awesome because Steam is a one-stop shop, or at least it was until they allowed third-party game stores to install themselves, a la Ubisoft and, and Origin and all these other places that require a second game launcher to launch just because you want to launch the game that you bought. 
See the problem? Yeah. I own Far Cry 5. I also have a repack of Far Cry 5. I own Cyberpunk. I also bought, well, technically I bought Cyberpunk on GOG. So good on you, you know, CD Projekt Red. But, but yeah, it, the only people you encourage to be, or that you dissuade to be pirates is no one. You encourage piracy by promoting well, anti-piracy. The, the thing is, though, too, is that when you're throwing these ads out, especially to the broad public, mm-hmm. what you're then doing is advertising to people that have no idea what this is or that it's simple to do. Right. And it's like, everyone's like, well, wait a second. I'll go try that. You wouldn't and download you get... a car. The hell I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> if I could download gas right now, Have I you would. priced cars <laughs> lately? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's dumb. The, the way that that video game did it was, was genius, you know, but constantly berating people. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I also have feel that like the, the war on drugs and whatever, this is your brain on drugs. This is your brain on crack. Oh, and, oh, and, oh, and dare did nothing but promote future drug addicts by saying <laughs> all the cool kids are smoking crack. And you're like, what's crack? And you're like, here's all the street names it can be bought with. And Suddenly they, I'm they, channeling John Mulaney. Yeah. <laughs> and what was, no. What Have was you the, ever tried the... Bing, Pang, Wow, Bam, <laughs> Crystal? No, was, but I'd uh... like to. That sounds fun. What was the girl from uh, she's all, or she's all that or that that one the really hot girl <laughs> and they had her on the exact same commercial and I was like, um, are you thinking of the girl from all that? Yeah, Amanda. She, Bynes. she was. Yeah, she was on that. This is your brain on drugs. The nineties revamp commercial. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you have a hot girl, and then you're talking about drugs. It's like, okay, you have my attention. Right. I, I'm right. gonna pay attention to everything she's saying. Oh, she did drugs. Not, not in the good. Awesome. I no. need to start doing yeah. drugs. I, I if I have drugs, I can get a girl like that at a party. I'm gonna go do drugs. Yeah. You uh, know? Rachel Lee Cook. That's another great answer from from back in the day. Yeah. So, but again, yeah, with piracy though too, is it's just you're saying I can get all of these sixty dollar games for free. Oh, I don't have to deal with your first party DRM BS secure ROM Sony. Sign me the F up. Exactly. It's it's dumb. Or back to the uh, Plex server. Mm -hmm. I don't have to pay money to watch this or this movie. Right. Or this TV show. Oh, here we go. Right. You know. What's the whatever the new uh, Game of Thrones or uh, uh, Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings series? I'm going to download that now. Yeah. Now, I will say those of who have made it easy and made it affordable and continued delivering content I want to watch. I have no problem paying subscription services for. I have no problem buying products outright from. I have no problem buying products from Steam. But if the product exists on GOG, I'm going to buy it on GOG. If if CBS via Peacock uh, keeps releasing Star Trek, I'm going to keep my subscription because I like Star Trek. I, I liked yeah. Picard. I like Lower Decks. I've even started watching Discovery lately. 
<laughs> oh, oh, we could we could have a whole discussion episode just on that. We need to have a craft extra discussion on on just discovery. I think we do. And, um, I, I'm 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 warming up to the sparkly Klingons. Oh, they, they go away, so don't worry about. I know, that. I know, I know. Um, but. You keep putting out Strange New Worlds and Picard and and Lower Decks. You can keep my subscription. Disney yeah. Plus, you keep putting out Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. You can keep my subscription, as, as, especially because I get access to the full Marvel library, which my kids and my wife all love. Um, but services like Amazon, when the Grand Tour goes away, guess what? So do I. Yeah. Well, I mean, I already have Amazon Prime, but that's for other reasons. But yeah, right. But but like, the point but I mean, is the same. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Netflix now, even if they do, like we were talking earlier, Netflix had everything at the time, and mm -hmm. then Netflix shrunk down to be like, no, no, no we want to be our own channel now, and all the contracts for all the because all the other companies took off, so we're our own channel. And even when they have something good, they're like, yeah, we only do two seasons of this. Bye, yeah. you know. Uh, we're done with it. We got to move on to something else now. I mean, there right. are less than a handful of series that are on Netflix that are produced by Netflix that are more than five seasons. You know, right? Uh, anything good is like three seasons, and they're like, "Yeah, we're done. We need to move on." And that's it, just I, why am I paying for this? Because there's just constantly I want more of that content, not this newer stuff. And just I don't. You're just pumping in so much new stuff. I don't want to watch it because I have uh, subscriptions to all these other shows. Like you said, Star Trek, I'm going to spend my time over there, over there, over there. You know, these are things that I've already ingrained right. and I like. So it, it's, it's hard to draw in new customers and then say, I'm going to charge more uh, to the consumer to view this new content when I could theoretically not sit promoting it. I'm not promoting it. But someone could go and I want to sample this for free by going to this particular site, and maybe downloading it for a couple episodes to see if mm -hmm. I like it or not. But again, don't do that. We don't promote that here. I certainly don't promote Dodie or Fit Girl or any of the other well-known repackers. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I to be perfectly clear, Anything that I've downloaded from them, I have purchased. Like, but it got to the point where the DRM was so intrusive that I went, screw it. I want an install offline only. I don't play multiplayer games. I don't play online games. I don't need online components. I don't need to be verified online. What I want to do is play through Diablo 2 Resurrected without being bothered every 13 minutes that my account is offline. And... Ta-da! I can do that now. No thanks yep. to Blizzard. Although Blizzard still got my $30 before the game was even launched. So, I have no qualms about that. This is a really good beer. Yeah, this this is like... Um, uh, so, actually, I did look up. I did, I did review this already. Did you? Uh, but... It, it was with a friend who I reviewed this with a the Imperial, not organic, but their Imperial Stout. And mm. I did state in the review 
the imperial stout is the one I liked. Mm -hmm. And it, but it essentially was <clears throat> this was his version of the perfect stout. I think even in that review, and I will state this now, this is like co chocolate Coke. Yeah, it's like yeah. chocolate chocolate Coca Cola. As far as like what a stout should be, if you call yourself a stout, I have certain expectations for what's going to be delivered. Yeah, I have deliverables that need to be maintained, and for me. Even the 5% ABV, notwithstanding, um, it doesn't deliver on anything that I expect when I hear the word stout. It also includes in its own description malted beverage, which means it's not even a true fermentation and, and brewing yeah. process. It is, it is back cut with, with malted, malted ethanol. And to me, it's just far outside what I would expect, what I would want to partake of, and what should be expected when stout is plastered very clearly on the label. Totally. No, I, I, hang on. I think, I wonder, I think Samuel Smith is though supposedly supposed to be an English stout. I think that's what they're going for I, I, I don't i don't think it is and i i know they're open fermented that's like a wild fermentation right it's wild fermentation which which i get a little bit of farmhouse and you can go a little well, that's bit what i was saying abstract. the sourness at the front right. what i was saying yeah you can go a little abstract with it but at the same time stout is still a fairly robust style of beer and and i'm sorry Regardless if you're British or not, uh, it's not a sorry, good stout. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Andy. Are you kidding? This is his favorite stout. <laughs> it probably is. I sent him, although I think it's the wrong side of England, uh, there is a free mile-long uh, beer festival that is going to be on the east side of London. I, I sent that to him. I was like, dude, you need to go to this. <laughs> I think he's near enough. I don't think. Uh... I thought he was southern. England. Yeah, he's southern. Yeah, yeah. Or southern England or London, but I know he's toward the bottom. Of, yeah, of... he's on the tail, not on the. Yeah, yeah. So this this was eastern. So, but I don't. Again, though, England not super big. So we're talking what hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> You could cross the entire country in four hours. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so wait, how long? It takes three hours to cross Oregon? Yeah. Three and a half? Uh, I, I was talking to someone from England. It might have been Ian, Ian Cutrus. Uh, we, we were talking about like drive distances. And um, because I, I mentioned when I did the, uh, the wildfire PC, when uh, Linus shipped the PC to me, I looked it over and then drove it down and hand delivered it. Uh, to Spencer down in in uh, uh, Medford, Oregon. Yeah. Um, that it's like, yeah, I'm just down the road. Now I'm 270 miles, but that's kind of just down the road. I'm not even leaving the state. Yeah. And and it's like uh, I, I have this great moment where I'm getting onto the interstate, and my GPS says continue for three hours and 17 minutes. <laughs> Like, yeah, and you're like, I, just, just hold on to the wheel. <laughs> you don't even <laughs> need to pay that much attention. 
Oh yeah, no, most of it's a straight line. I, I'll just sit there hit cruise and then I'll drive right. with my knee, basically. <laughs> What's really fun is our new van. You don't even have to do that because it'll keep you in your lane. <laughs> oh, oh, you have a, a lane correction? Yeah, we, we have yeah. lane transit assist as well as uh, radar cruise. And so you can oh. say how far I want to be from the car in front of me yeah. and I want you to keep me between the lines. Yeah, I got I got radar cruise in our car, but I don't have the between the lines. The radar cruise is kind of nice. Um, sometimes, uh, although like some people will be jerks, and then my wife freaks out when it like starts beeping really fast. Yeah, even the car's like you know a hundred feet away. <laughs> See, <laughs> ours like, ours we can actually uh, by default it wants you to be like fifty yards, and and it's yeah. like traffic, well, we can adjust. Traffic doesn't work that way. We can adjust it down to like. 12 feet or something well like that. i know but my wife my wife gets like antsy if we're all driving as a family so she's like you have to be far away yeah all right you know so well then people then, are just going to keep coming in front of me that's how this exactly works. that's in, and as soon as that happens i get the notification like oh, oh you have to slow down and then my cruise control backs me off which actually takes up more gas right <laughs> backs you down to like 35 and it's like we were yeah, doing 60 we were, like what the heck it's a slow stay yeah. Yeah, no, but I would that lane to, that lane uh, assistant that would be pretty sweet. We mm -hmm. we have the beeper saying, "Hey, you're crossing," but it doesn't automatically adjust for you. Sorry, I'm also active in chat. Um, I know, I, I know. Yeah, but no, we, we we have the lane transit assist, so you can take your hands off the wheel, and it'll take turns, especially on I five. Um, oh, if, yeah, you, if you're on I-5, it, it'll it'll make any correction you need. Um, it, it'll take you around, even the turns just north of Brooks. You Like like the one turn on I-5 that we usually yeah. have to take, it'll take that turn by itself. It'll take the turn at Tigard by itself. Um, and it's great. And if you don't hold the wheel for long enough, it'll start yelling at you like, we're going to turn off. No, you won't because we'll crash. You know that and I know that. Oh, this, this soda is getting to me. <laughs> John's transition into Michael Bolton continues at pace. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot in here. <laughs> what you all miss is I was trying to take my pants off at the beginning of this. This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Oh, so hot. I was like thinking about taking my shirt off. <laughs> I was going to, it's like, I'm turning into Rhett, but during the stream, oh, really need to be after party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ladies. <laughs> uh, we do need to get to the other title story before we run out of time here. Yes, and we can that, do that. is... The man who said, screw you guys, I'm going to build my own ISP with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> um, Jared Mouch is a man after my own heart because I actually considered this. Uh, he actually did it. Uh, so as the story goes, he was given the choice between Going with AT&T and getting DSL a la 1.5 meg down and like 128k up or paying Comcast $50,000 to expand to his area. He went, screw you all. If I'm paying $50,000, I'm going to run 10 gig fiber to my house 
and I'm going to get all my neighbors I, uh, internet. And and screw you guys, you know? Uh, not only did he threaten it, he did it. Not only did he do it, he also just got a grant from the FCC of $2.6 million to expand his personal ISP from the 70 homes it covers now to 600 homes within his rural area. <laughs> Basically, he just created his own business and a job. Doesn't have to work any well. I mean, My man, work, but hats awesome. off to you because that is freaking awesome. Um, so last year, uh, U.S. government passed a coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery fund and allotted $71 million to Michigan's uh, Washtenaw County, uh, specifically for infrastructure projects. Well, ISPs that can deliver actual broadband internet as defined by the FCC count as infrastructure. So Jared applied for a grant to expand his infrastructure. He got the grant of $2.6 million, and now he will be covering 600 homes with gigabit fiber internet. I wonder, I would, wouldn't mind reading the plan that he'd submitted to see how he is planning on like, you know, accomplishing all of this. Just, just for like, oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I would love to not be like, oh, that's a horrible way. Just be like, no, like, this is awesome. No, like, dude, I'm considering that myself. How did you do exactly, it? And yeah, what lines more, do I sign? Ex yes, exactly. It's more of, uh, is this a blueprint of how to do it? Because I want to see it. Um, in my professional life, before I resigned, I, I took, I, I had quite a bit of relationships with a number of local ISPs um, and contemplated for a while what would it take if I bought land rurally to form my own ISP to get the infrastructure there and then disseminate it out to my clientele and not only have it pay for itself, but start bringing in some residual income from the infrastructure that I own. I actually thoroughly thought out this as a business plan. If I were to move to a rural section of Oregon or rural section of another state, which when I was looking for property in 2019, nothing was off the table because I had the money and the drive to go, I want to leave my job. I want to do craft computing. And I don't care if I need to pay $50,000 to someone to drop me a, a 10 gig or 100 gig fiber line. I'll do that because I can make money off of it. And we wound up actually only like 20 miles away from where we were. But... Uh, we landed squarely in Comcast's neighborhood and, and an all underground neighborhood at that. Um, there, there's not a telephone pole within a half mile of me. <laughs> I guess not even close. Um, and the one that's a half mile away from me carries a backbone of fiber for the largest provider in the state, but that's another story. Um, but I, there were times that I considered, I considered buying property in some rural parts of the state and going, you know, I don't need to be near anyone. I just need data. How much would it cost for data? And then could I service data to the people that live around me? Yeah. Could I be my own ISP? <laughs> it was definitely there in the thought process. Uh, Jared, all I can say is freaking awesome. 
He's offering service plans starting at 100 megs for $55 for unlimited data and $79 for a gig and unlimited data. Because like data don't cost a thing. Well, I like, yeah, I like the uh, 100 meg, but it's, it's our 100 megabits it's up and down. He's not, right. he's not capping you on either way. Yeah, by the way, symmetrical 100, symmetrical yeah. gig, actual <laughs> fiber. The thing that your cable modem right now can do, he's giving you. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're having to pay extra just for that aspect for your your side. And I was like, I'm not, even, or what more? I don't want to talk. I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not paying that much. My Comcast bill is $165 a month without a static IP address. <laughs> it's $165 a month for me to get gigabit down. And sorry, no, it's $120 for the gigabit down. That's the privilege I pay for. Uh, it's another $20 for going from 20 meg up to 50 meg up. And it's another $35 for unlimited. Or somewhere right along that line. Somewhere I, along the lines yeah. of that, yeah. Might be 110, but it's a my Comcast bill every month is 168.50 or something like that. So like $3.50 go to local taxes. Like like I pay my taxes. I'm an American, thank you. Uh and the other $165 go to Comcast for taking the government's grant money to roll out fiber internet, which they never rolled out, to roll out broadband internet, which they haven't done to the entire area, uh, and charging me for data caps. Yay. Yep. Yay. Uh, so I now have Starlink that I'm using as a backup. Um, I, I did purchase a Starlink dish. Uh, it came in about two weeks ago. I've only used it for, I think I set it up last Friday. Uh, so literally only like five days. Um, yeah. And only really using it for the last three days. I, I finally got it fully hooked up and configured on Monday. Um, so far, it's been pretty solid. Like I said at the beginning of the show, about 100 megs down, about 25-ish megs up. Um, honestly, if this needed to be my primary internet connection, if I could drop Comcast, I probably would. And I may in the future, although Talking Heads does bring me in a decent amount of my revenue every month. See the super chats that people keep dropping. Speaking of, American Cosworth sends over a $5 super chat. Yocto, uh, when you want to start our own ISP, I'm in if you are. Uh, this is a Discord joke, so if you want to join, uh, Craft Computing's Discord, Patreon link in the video description below. Uh I feel like I owe you $5 for pimping my that own promo. <laughs> Patreon on on my own live show. Like, thank you. Um, next hey, point you that we're together for is on me. <laughs> you got 30 bucks just talking about my hair. <laughs> I did. Uh, net guy sends over $10. Thank you very much, net guy, a Seattle native. Uh, $10 buys a picture of John shirtless with the biggest sword he has in the after party. No, for the biggest sword, you're going to need to give an extra 15. And that goes to me for the scarring imagery that I will never bore out of my own brain. Um, or $1 now, a month gets you Discord access. Yes, or that. Or $50 and Jeff will make that picture his thumbnail. <laughs> for a don't, day. don't doubt it. I'll do it. <laughs> and I will take that photo, too. If someone gives $50 right now, John can pick the thumbnail for this video.
Oh, oh, do it. Somebody do it. I might pay that. <laughs> I will take the content strike for it. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, uh, so Jared up in Michigan is expanding from 14 miles of coverage to 52 miles of fiber coverage. Uh, and it's going to cost about $30,000 for each of the homes, but installation fees are only about $199 per home. And so the $2.6 million goes to cover the terrestrial fiber that is being laid. So infrastructure for those in layman's terms. Um, and... Uh, yeah, he now runs his own ISP. It is it is sweet. I like I said, I, I wish I could see the grant to see how he was proposing this as just a blueprint to see like, oh, how are you doing this? I, I want to see how you're doing this. John, we we have a personal connection on thinking about private ISPs. And there's a point in time in which I was highly considering doing the same thing with a property that you know very well. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, like I was seriously like starting to look at grants and options and like, <laughs> like what's a unify like multi-mile air fiber mm -hmm. cost. And like, how can I not only get this for myself, but then distribute it? Like it was in, it was in the playbook. As I'm sure you know, although Starlink is now kind of filling that gap. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like, okay, I didn't need that much, but Starlink is providing the requirements I currently need right now, so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple more minutes. you want to go through the last couple really fast or do some chats or what do you want to do? Uh, we could do, we could rapid fire this really quick. Uh, this okay. one is super interesting. Yeah, this, this one, one cool. is uh, Apple's purported AR headset, augmented reality headset, is set to feature, quote, breakthrough display technology. Now, whenever I hear this from an Apple-centric website, this is from patentlyapple.com, I usually will roll my eyes a little bit because Apple always has to have the next breakthrough, the next paradigm shift, the next big thing that we all have to buy for our hands or our wrists or our faces or our eye holes or whatever it be. Um, this has merit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So traditional OLED technology, when it comes to heads up display, augmented reality, virtual reality displays, not unlike that I've shown off on the Unreal Air and the Epson Moverio BT30, um, is usually running at about uh, at about 500 ppi about 500 pixels per inch a little bit more than that uh decent decent resolution decent scaling uh what if i told you that the 577 ppi on a five inch display was about to be increased from 44 nanometer to 6.3 nanometer or about 4,000 dots per inch. That's a, that's a large, large increase there, Jeff. That's an increase, right? Right? <laughs> I mean... How about the response time dropping from one millisecond on an OLED display to 0 0.01 millisecond, or as we call it, a nanosecond? 
Well, I, yeah, I again. What if I told you the display talk. was transparent, ready for augmented reality, and affordable? No, I wouldn't. Uh, no, talk is cheap, Jeff. Talk is cheap, but Apple may be unveiling just that a retina display literally to sit in front of your retinas. Uh, so they are looking at 3,500 to 4,000 PPI displays to embed into a set of glasses that are both transparent and beyond the contrast ratio that you can comprehend that are both higher resolution and more resolution and more pixel density than your eyes can possibly perceive. Um, into a scent of augmented reality glasses that they will be selling to the general public perhaps q1 in 2023 yeah it said q1 Man, i would probably i think it said perhaps but uh probably more like a little bit later there might be a single demo of it but again now apple has been hitting a lot of these marks especially with like the silicone chip stuff uh now oled displays are completely different than chipset and that's probably a completely different department yep Earlier on, like you're saying, Apple, when they say this type of stuff, has been a uh, big just, yeah, we're puffing our chest, but what we deliver isn't. Although, I have to say, though, with the chipset, the, um, the the M1s that are coming out, you know, they're all of the computer stuff, I, I kind of have to, I might want to give them a little bit of benefit doubt. Now, I'm like, you might be telling the truth or some of what you're saying, it, it, it might be plausible, you know? Uh, I want to see this. I'm I'm encouraged. I really hope that. Now, like you said, with an affordable price, I didn't see a price point uh, on here on this article, though. So price I don't know point what has not been discussed yet. Yeah, so I but, don't know what affordable could be. But mean. Apple has made breakthroughs like this in display technology before. And so I really don't want to put it past them. Apple was one of the first to start implementing IPS in their cinema displays. Apple was one of the first to get high density uh, mobile displays into phones and small form factors. Yep. See their retina display, what later became, you know, 800p or, or 900p or 1080p mobile displays or even 1440p mobile phones. Um see OLED as, as breakthroughs with Apple with the, uh, what was the iPhone 10 that came with OLED display as standard. Um, Apple has always pushed the market when it comes to display technology and pushing that echelon of what is common and what is standard and what could be. And as much crap as Apple gets for the cult community, they also come out with some phenomenal innovations specifically in display technology pretty regularly about every five years. And it's been about five years. And so I would not expect, or I would not, I'd be stupid to not expect a new display technology from Apple coming out in the next 12 months. Uh, and Apple says they've been working on OLED, OLED OS displays. Uh, which are transparent based on CMOS technology. So the the technology that makes up your image sensors and cameras and crap, uh, but in a transparent display technology that is even faster and even sharper than even OLEDs being 
projected directly into your eyes. Uh, which is like the HMDs that we've been used to seeing, and even yep. the high-end HMDs like the Unreal Air that I that I reviewed recently. Um, it's crazy to think about, but also the fact that a patent exists, the fact that rev- that rumor sites are starting to report regularly on this technology. And the fact that Apple has been rumored to be shaking up the market for about the last four or five years, I kind of tend to believe it. Yeah, no, that's what I was I was kind of hinting toward too. It's like, I tend to believe some of the claims. They are saying it could hit up to, I think it said like 6,000 DDP. Like, okay, are you... They're giving a big range, but yes. still anything, anything in that range is a factor form factor of 20 to what we currently have. Right. So either way, like there might be, if even if they're like, yeah, technically we're on the low end of that spectrum. Um, and then people might complain. Don't complain. It's still like a four factor of four uh, compared to what we have now. Nine. Yeah. It's 500 so, PPI versus 4,000 PPI. So it, it's yeah, a form. It's a factor of nine. Or sorry, a multiplication of nine. It's essentially two squares. It's it's a cubed. So yeah, it, it's if even they hit close to it, right? It's worth it. Yeah, take right. it. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, Miller Light ice cream beer. Now this one was interesting because so this year I don't know if you know is the hundredth anniversary of the ice cream bar. And what Miller Lite is doing... No, but I'm intrigued. Miller Lite is teaming up with Tipsy Scoop and creating a dive bar-themed flavored ice cream bar with flavors of smoke and... Hold on, hold on. Okay. I can already taste it, and I don't like it. Yes. So, So here is what they're going for. They want to give you flavors of tobacco, smoke, leather, and stale peanuts. That's and stickiness. These are the things that this ice cream bar is supposed to taste with Miller High Life infused in the ice cream. Of course, Miller High Life has to be included in that wonderful (laughs) aroma and concoction of flavors. It's like who would make who would want a a ice cream bar to taste and smell like a dive bar. I was just like, oh, <laughs> hints of tobacco, smoke flavored, dim lights, peanuts, uh, and carbonated candy is infused I've into this. I've been to dive bars. I can't imagine having a Klondike bar there. Yes, and it is sold in six packs. So you can go to uh, their website, uh, goldbelly.com or the tipsy scoop website 21 and over so this is an alcoholic ice cream okay or there are three locations in new york city the scoop shops and bar lures six bucks for this tiny little ice cream bar i don't know how much abv is in these but seriously who wants a miller high life Ice cream bar that tastes like smoked, stale peanuts, leather, and, and tobacco. Tobacco. I, I like they. They even the article referenced that tobacco is the perfume you smell in a bar. No, it's horrible. I don't want that. 
There's a reason why they outlawed smoking inside bars. <laughs> At least here in Oregon. I... This is worse than I thought. <laughs> it's a die ice cream dive bar. <laughs> right. There's dive bars around here that are cleaner than that ice cream bar. Probably. Uh, I just I just I can think I of this, one that's dirtier and you I know you uh, know the one. It's a last stop. It's the last last resort, last stop. <laughs> Saloonist. It's <Yeah>. a saloon. <laughs> <laughs> we uh you and i know that's not the name but we know what we're talking about <laughs> yep that's <laughs> the dirt. only thing that i can think of that's more vile than is possibly inside this ice cream bar probably probably uh, okay. i kind of want to i want to try one okay a <laughs> couple super chats then we got one more story and then we will close yep. uh so let's see here we've got uh... I think American Cogsworth, $5. Cogsworth sent over a $10. Uh, okay. That is, so I had two more blueberry beers from Wisconsin for you, but I drank them. But I'm finally getting my Secret Santa from 2021, hopefully, and more birthday beers in the next week. Uh, so I might be getting some blueberry-infused beers. Maybe. Uh, he did send me some, and he wanted me to review them, so... Uh, maybe it's for you, maybe it's for me. By the way, John, I do have a three-pack for you. It's half of a six-pack. So okay. that you need to get, because it's Oh, good. okay. Um, uh, I do have to, I got some time off. I will be in Salem coming soon, so maybe I'll just swing by your place. Shoot me a text, let me know what day I'm home almost always, so. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. We've got $5 from John Jay. I'm feeling my Utopia's Barrel Age Worldwide Stout 2021. Are you? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm not feeling this 5% soda. You wouldn't be. Oh, man. Did Can you I... even finish yours yet? Ah. I know. I was you? Like, it's time... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's five percent. There's nothing. I was like, time for some some scotch, or even though it's only eight o'clock. <laughs> uh, that's a good beer. Uh, Denver sends over two dollars. Is that PPI relative with lens compression? Uh, that's a phenomenal question. Although it would still beat out any projection-based system or lens projection system or uh, keystone correction, whatever of any projection system you've ever seen. Uh, it's a factor of nine beyond what you already have. So I'm guessing even with correction, you probably would still notice like a four times difference. Uh, and that's the super chats. Yep. Uh, that's it. <laughs> LOL demonetized. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll do it again too. <laughs> Uh, Between that and, and me doing this, that'll be the thumbnail. Right, right. That's the <laughs> thumbnail. I, I'll just splice those together. Super easy. That's why there's a border between us. So I can take your best pick and my best pick. Uh, Spider-Man PC Modder was banned after removing pride flags. And I would say, good. Screw you. Get out of here. Get out of the community. <laughs> F you for... for... Yes. Two minutes. Okay. Be right there. 
<laughs> it's bedtime, so I'm being I'm being called to the storybooks. Anyway, yes, I I, I too have uh, I I have like 10 you have been paged. For... Yes, yes, I, I too have, have been getting that. Yeah, yes, I know. This new time is is it's it's nice, but there's new challenges now. Yeah. Uh so. A particular modder for Spider-Man uploaded some mods to nexusmods.com, which we all love, uh, called the Non-Newtonian New York. What it did was replace the Pride Flag banners with other not-so-friendly banners. And the user was by the name of Mike Hawk, uh, which, coincidentally, uh, Stevior dot com originally said it was Mike Hunt, so I'm really appreciative that they made that correction. It is not Mike Hunt; it is Mike Huck. Don't get those names confused. It'll it'll cost you later. Um, so, non Newtonian New York removed all of the pride flags hanging from buildings in New York with a uh basically not so friendly banner to the LGBTQ community. Uh, Nexus mods promptly banned him saying that is not the attitude we want in this community and it is no longer welcome on Nexus. And really the whole reason I posted this story was to say, thank you, Nexus mods. That's it. I have no further comment. All right. <laughs> Any further comments, John? Cool. All uh, right. Well, actually, the, the one comment I will say, or there's another comment I will say, the interesting thing was that the Mike Hawk uh, username was not his original username. So that was his second or third uh, account. Yes. Uh, and, they and went all and subsequent actually, yes. related names or IPs have also been banned. So, cool. Yep. Good on you, Nexus Mods, because screw you and screw hate and screw people... Screw people. <laughs> well. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> and as long as it's consenting, you do you too. There we go. I'll go with that one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I like that. That'll work for me. <laughs> so, and that's going to do it for, what, for episode 248 on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. He's John. Uh, John, anything to promote? Good of the order. Just check out uh, the, the Hops and Brews channel. Like I said, we got some really cool, more informational, educational stuff coming down the pipeline. On top of that, some more extremely weird beer flavors. Uh, probably some of the weirdest beers you have ever seen. That is what we mostly focus on. Try me. I'm I'm trying to get you over here. That's what I've been trying to. <laughs> I have beers for you. I think that means a weekend getaway. Uh, you do you really want a limp biscuit themed beer? <laughs> Honestly, we put if I put this this beer and that beer together, it is it is limp biscuit's second album. Oh wow. Or our third album, technically. Wow. Um Tell you what, I'll bring you your beer back and we'll do it this weekend. I'm free this weekend. I have, I, I even have Friday off. 
I have every Friday for the next six weeks off. Friday is actually a weird day for me this week. I'm taking this Friday off because I'm working Thursday instead. Normally I take Thursdays off, but I'm taking Friday off this week. Um, Either, we, we can arrange something and then uh, uh, we can even do, like I was doing earlier, maybe we can even get written, a blind taste. So everyone does, just like the other one, everyone doesn't see what the person reviewed it ahead of time. That was fun. So it's fun. So it's Scottish almost been Duff, a year. Yeah. It's almost it's been like nine months. I know. Yeah. I know. So stupid COVID. I know. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for watching episode 248 here on Talking Eds. I already said this part. 6 p.m. Pacific time every Wednesday for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. He's John. Um, Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Drop this video a like if you feel like doing that. Uh, subscribe to Hops and Brews. Link is down in the video description. If you like the beer content on this channel, you'll find a lot more of it and even more than that over on Hops and Brews. Uh, beyond that, thank you all so much for watching. And as always, we will see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, everyone.